If you want to learn not only about our responsibility to teach our children about God, but also the hands-down best ways to achieve that directive, then you'll want to hear today's episode. We're going to cover how to meet our children where they are and effectively welcome the Lord into our families and into our day-to-day lives. Hey friends, it's Katie from Covenant Collections here with the third episode of Covenant Conversations. We'll call this episode, Meet Them Where They Are. If you enjoy our content but haven't had a chance to subscribe yet, then please do. We really appreciate having you here truly and we release new episodes each week. So let's get into it. I hope you've all had a great week and if you haven't, I pray this weekend will be just the reset you need. I've been volunteering with Bible school this week and wrangling 30 plus second graders is quite an experience, but seeing kids on fire for God, enjoying scripture and learning in a way that's targeted and engaging for them is truly something special. If your kids haven't been a part of VBS in the past, I truly encourage you to get them involved locally. It's a great way to get the word of God into hundreds of kids in a way that's so impactful, memorable, and fun for them, which research shows is how children learn best. I guarantee they remember the words to the catchy worship song that they've been screaming at the top of their lungs with corresponding dance moves all week better than anything else they've learned in the past five days. We also know that scripture is packed full of insights into parenting. So today we're going to focus on something that's really been on my heart a bit extra because of the ways I've seen God work this week. Have you ever come across the quote that says, if we don't teach our children to follow Christ, the world will teach them not to? That really says a lot, and it's so true. Scripture leaves nothing to be guessed about when it comes to this topic. The Word of God is very clear about our responsibility to teach our children about Christ, but it doesn't necessarily give us the lesson plan. So let's go over what it does tell us, and then I'll provide some takeaways that will be helpful to you in actually applying that to your day-to-day life. So what does the Bible really say? Well, it's definitely not... Hey, if you get a chance in between school and football and band practice, would you mind telling them about me? And it's also certainly not, hey, it would be great if they could have at least one connection with me each week, even though they consume dozens of TikToks and Snapchats with their friends every day. No, it was a very clear directive from God that our children are to learn about him and that it's our responsibility to teach them. Proverbs 4 verses 1 through 2 says, Listen, sons, to a father's discipline, and pay attention so that you may gain understanding. For I am giving you good instruction. Don't abandon my teaching. Notice how discipline here is something a child should listen to. It's important to him that we follow his teaching and that these lessons are passed on to our children and that they listen to them. The challenge can be finding the time to incorporate these lessons and presenting them in a way that our children actually will listen to. Proverbs 22.6 says, Train a child up in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Colossians 3.21 states, Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Not allowing our children to get discouraged in their faith walk is important to God. So keep that in mind as well, because a lot of times 
that comes from how we present God into their lives. Ephesians 6, 4 says, Fathers, don't stir up anger in your children, but bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. This couldn't be more clear. Bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. That's the very clear directive. And yet another warning not to stir up negative feelings in our kids along with it. So what could God mean by that? Why does he keep warning us not to anger them or discourage them in the same breath as directing us to train, instruct, and teach them? I think that's because human nature often leads us to flex power or position over those we instruct. And not even in like a demeaning way. It's just, it's just a natural thing when you have a position of power often is human nature. And it's very important to God that this isn't how we teach our children about him. God knows what will work and what won't work, obviously. God is all-seeing, all-knowing, almighty. He tells us exactly what not to do. So what would discourage or anger our kids? Maybe pressuring them, forcing them, pushing it on them, constantly criticizing them for the sake of God, or so we claim as we correct them. Presenting a Christian lifestyle as something tame, restrictive, and even boring in their eyes. So then what should we do? If those are the things we shouldn't do, then how should we teach them about God? Well, let Bible school serve as your example. We don't bring pre-K through sixth grade into church and ask them to sit down in a pew and listen to a two and a half hour sermon, do we? We don't read scripture word from word straight from the Bible to a young child. No, we connect with them in their ways. When you speak to a young child and you want them to listen, you should get down on their level physically. If my preschool-age child is acting up, I squat down, get eye-to-eye level with him to redirect, and I do this because speaking down to people is not effective, figuratively or literally. Getting eye-to-eye level with someone places you in their terrain, and now they're a bit more interested in what you have to say without even realizing why. And this doesn't even only apply to children. If I'm gonna have an important conversation with an employee who is sitting down, I'm gonna have a seat as well. This reduces natural defenses, it reduces distractions, and it creates a safer space for communication because we're on the same level now. We're in the same field of space, we're on the same side. Now it's us, versus the problem versus me up here and you down there and the problems in between us. That's a strong and very simple people management tip in general that you can utilize in many different areas of life. Getting down to someone's level isn't only physical. You may have heard the phrase, meet them where they are. You will have much more success reaching someone if you meet them where they are instead of fighting the current to pull them to where you are. When we plan VBS themes, we plan them specifically with what will the kids enjoy, find engaging, and connect with in mind versus starting with what scripture are we going to cover each night. And there's a very good reason for that. That's also the reason why hundreds more children show up to Bible school and church camps and concerts than show up to church on Sunday itself. And the impact of that can be huge for God's kingdom, so it's a really wonderful thing. But Bible school is all about exciting interactions, upbeat and engaging music, 
on theme and memorable crafts and Bible lessons, and most of all, having fun. The main takeaway that a child should go home with is God is real. God loves me, and having a relationship with God is amazing. It's so much fun. It's so fulfilling. It's engaging, and it makes me feel good. When we teach our kids about God at home, how are we teaching them? What types of feelings are we stirring up in them in relation to that relationship? And when we take this responsibility really seriously, we should be following a similar framework. Scripture also teaches us that this should be a very common occurrence in our homes. Deuteronomy 4 verses 9 through 10 says, Only be on your guard and diligently watch yourselves so that you don't forget the things your eyes have seen and so that they don't slip from your mind as long as you live. Teach them to your children and your grandchildren. The day you stood before the Lord your God at Horeb, the Lord said to me, Assemble the people before me and I will let them hear my words so that they may learn to fear me all the days they live on the earth and may instruct their children. We also have Deuteronomy 6, verses 6 through 7, which states, These words that I'm giving you today are to be in your heart. Repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. God wants us to share him with our family for generations, and that means the foundation must be strong. He wants us to weave him into our daily lives regularly, fully, Not just on Sundays, not just once a year, not just when we say our blessings before dinner or our prayers before bed at night, but he says when we are sitting in our home, when we're walking on the road, when we go to bed, when we wake up, that's his way of saying all day, every day, teach your children about me. So what's the best way that we can do that? The answer is to be a living example. And you don't have to be perfect. We all have room to improve. But you should be your child's greatest example of a living relationship with God, of faith in action, of a joyful, God-loving, God-fearing life. If you're thinking right now about how many areas you have to improve to meet that goal, then that's good. The goal is to shine a light on your areas for improvement. God, your Father, wants you to know today that he will meet you where you are, so that you can meet your children where they are. Any way that you can pull God into your day-to-day, do that. Open the door to him entirely and welcome him into your home. Replace the Beyonce or the Taylor Swift with worship music for your commutes. Hold firm boundaries about what will and will not be welcomed into your home based on what pleases the Lord and what is disrespectful to him. If we wouldn't do it, say it, or bring it into the house of the Lord, and I'm speaking of church here, then why do we do it, say it, or bring it into the house of the Lord, and I'm speaking of your home now? Let's make that our goal this week. Let's find three small things, not major obstacles, three small things that you can improve in your home to make your home and your life more honoring and uplifting to God. Now, here's where a lot of parents fail, and it won't be what you expect. You aren't the biggest failure when you accidentally curse. You aren't the biggest failure when you get drunk after saying you aren't going to anymore. 
you aren't even the biggest failure when you go a month or more without cracking open your Bible, but you've been on social media every day. When you're failing the most is when you hide your shortcomings. And please don't feel the need to broadcast all your issues to your kids because nine times out of ten, our issues are not their problem. But the fact of the matter is we are all sinners and we all fall short of the glory of God. We fail our children when we push perfection and godliness onto them, which implies that we've got it all figured out. But we never admit where we need to improve. Let me give some examples. Let's say someone cuts you off on the interstate. It scares you, so you get angry. You curse and you realize immediately that you handled this all wrong. A lot of parents may blame this on the other driver, but what example does that set for your kids? Other people can influence the way that I act, the way that I speak. I'm not fully responsible for myself. It does not teach them accountability. It doesn't teach acceptance of our imperfections. And it does not model repentance the way that it could. The lesson today isn't don't ever mess up. The lesson today isn't teach your kids not to ever mess up. The lesson is when we inevitably do mess up, admit it. Be a role model and set the example for what we want our children to do in their relationship with God. Set the example for taking accountability, for recognizing that you have room for improvement and taking the steps to achieve that. In this example, you could say something out loud in front of your child, like, man, I'm so disappointed in the way I handled that. I shouldn't have gotten angry, but it really scared me when they almost hit us. But that's not a good example, and that's not a good excuse for the way that I spoke, and I'm really sorry. But I also need to apologize to God and ask for his forgiveness as well. And then, continuing out loud in front of your child, say the prayer. Dear God, I know I messed up just now, and I'm so sorry. Choosing the right words, even when emotions are high, is something I'm working on. Help me to get better at this, Lord, and teach me to pause before reacting so that I can set a good example for those around me and cleanse my heart of fear and anger so that I can better shine as a light for your kingdom. I know I'm not perfect, God, and I know that I need you. Thank you for being a forgiving father, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Your child just watched you royally screw up, but look what else they watched. They watched a living model of a relationship with God, of how we can be imperfect. And then we can admit our imperfections. We can repent for our sins. We can ask God for forgiveness. And we can continue to work on our mistakes knowing that we're still going to fall short tomorrow. Now look at the example we just set. It's a real-time correction. It's an example. It's a living lesson. This is so much better than just sitting them down and teaching them what to do when they mess up. Now we've shown them. We didn't make an excuse for our actions and then go talk to God about it in private. We made our mistake in public, so we asked for forgiveness in public with our kids. That is where you're going to have the greatest success in your parenting journey. When you mess up, you apologize. 
when you mess up, you admit that you messed up. When you talk to God about something that happened that they were a witness to, you let them be a witness to the conversation you have with God as well. Bring the word of God to them in ways that are relatable to them as well. For all kids, upbeat, fun, worship music is a great way to do this. For younger kids, short, fun, engaging Bible stories that read like normal books is a great idea. Right now, media is a platform with really great free kid shows. Also, lots of things on there for adults as well, but tons of free kid shows that are super cute and fun that they could watch and learn something at the same time. Mix things like this into your day-to-day. Pray real time, out loud, with them, any opportunity that you get. Mention God any opportunity that you have. Let this become their norm. For older kids, teenagers, and preteens, a lot of the above is still very relevant, but the type of content is going to evolve a little bit. A teen devotional book that pulls relatable lessons into biblical lessons is going to be a lot more effective for them than reading straight from scripture. They really need to see why this is relevant to them by having it related to modern day things that they are familiar and comfortable with. Make sure your older kids, your teens, your preteens, make sure they're consuming clean Christian content on social media. That can be so impactful and it doesn't have to mean taking that access away from them. It doesn't have to mean saying you're not allowed to use social media in this house. That's not what I'm recommending. That would probably fall on the scale of discouraging and angering our children and keeping them away from God. But if that's the boundary that you've had already set in your home, then stick with your boundaries. For It often just means making sure their social media is working with God rather than against him. There are so many amazing, inspiring young people on TikTok, for example, that praise God and honor him with their content every day. Try to guide your teens towards those type of influencers rather than the ones who make worldly pleasures and sin look like life goals. Spend some time looking through their algorithm, their For You page, and find out what type of information is being pushed to them. If there's not a way to fix it, make them start a new account and guide them towards, hey, you can have these things, but they're going to be used to honor and uplift God. We're not going to consume content that's disrespectful towards God. Spend time with them in things that they enjoy and find ways to link their day-to-day to their relationship with God. When you want to bond with your teen who loves video games, the answer isn't to force them to get off their game and come sit down with you and have a cup of hot cocoa and chat. The answer is for you to bring their favorite snack to them while they're playing their game, hang out with them, talk to them, watch it with them, engage with them in something they enjoy. If your child loves to play at the park, the answer isn't to say, no, I want to hang out with you today, so I want you to go shopping with me if that's not something they enjoy. The answer is you take yourself into their world. You meet them where they are. You go to the park and play with them. That's how you engage with them. It can be a lot. And while we've gone over a lot of great examples, you may be wondering how exactly to start, what exactly to do, and what exactly to say. If that's you, 
I feel really called to support you through this tonight. So this is an offer that I'm only going to make here. And if it's for you, you'll know. Go to my website, www.covenantcollections.com and sign up to claim your free family devotion starter kit, which is an amazing resource that I recommend to everyone listening. But once you claim that, you'll enter into my email list, which will send a follow-up email the next day asking, how can I help you? When you receive that, if you're a parent listening tonight and you feel like you need more to really take these steps and implement them, or you really have specific questions on how to meet your child where they are right now, I want you to reply to that email with the words, four weeks free. And I'll reach out to you personally to set up four weeks of free one-on-one coaching where we touch base every single week to discuss your top concerns. And I guarantee you will be confident and have made significant progress towards your top three parenting goals by the end of those four weeks. It will not be some type of half fix that requires you to upgrade or upsell to actually achieve your goals. If this message is for you, I'm going to personally hold your hand through your top concerns and ensure you are ready and able to take these steps. And I'm going to do that for you because you deserve it and your children deserve it. I've had the honor of watching God work in the lives of a lot of kids this week, and I want to extend that as much as I can. But because my time is not unlimited, this is a limited time offer that must be claimed by the end of August 2023. Sessions would run for the month of September. If you are listening to this after that offer time frame has ended, please still feel free to reach out to me and we can discuss how I can best serve you at that time. I hope this episode has been beneficial for you all. I'm excited for what next week brings. I love you. God loves you. Go and be a light.